Welcome to Apparently Speaking, the podcast from Northeast Ohio Parent with your host, Miriam Connor. Hi, this is Miriam. Thank you for listening to Apparently Speaking. I remember my mom reading to me when I was young. She would make the characters come alive by creating voices to them, and she would make food pertaining to the books we read, things like green eggs and ham. She would make a cake, the same character that a a character in the book made that we were reading. The time she spent with me reading to me, those are really special memories that I hold, and I believe those helped uh, to make me good at reading and also to really enjoy reading. My guest today, author, book lover, and literacy advocate, Maya Smart, is here to discuss children's literacy. Maya Payne Smart helps parents nurture, teach, and advocate for children on the road to reading. She is the author of Reading for Our Lives, a Literacy Action Plan from Birth to Six. Her website, mayasmart.com, publishes new book lists, literacy activities, and other free family resources weekly to help parents play dual roles as first teachers and educational advocates. She holds a master's degree in journalism from the Medill School at Northwestern University and a bachelor's in social studies with honors from Harvard University. She serves as affiliated faculty in educational policy and leadership in the College of Education at Marquette University. Sponsored by the all-new Mazda of Kent. Your family's safety is our top priority. And Mazda has more Insurance Institute for Highway Safety Picks than any other manufacturer. So get to your Mazda destination, Mazda of Kent. Check out new Mazda CX-5 crossover SUVs, Mazda CX-30 CUVs, even 2023 Mazda CX-50 crossover SUVs. And U.S. News & World Report awarded Mazda Best Car Brand. Check out their new retail evolution dealership, the all-new Mazda of Kent, mazdakent.com. Well, welcome, Maya, to the show, and thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for having me. Yes, I appreciate it. This is such a a great topic and such an important topic, and um, I think you've done an excellent job just with so much research and knowledge and experience and in your book, um, you know, to talk about this important topic, a lot of things that parents may not think about or be aware of. And you're thinking like, oh my goodness, when I have a a baby, there's so many things to think about and so much going on and all these changes and all this, you know, maybe a little overwhelming. And then you're saying like, well, you got to start reading right away too. (laughs) And and you do. And, And I always did that. And I think that's important, but I think a lot of people might think, I don't really need to read. Why would I read to a baby? You know what I mean? To a newborn. I want to read, you know, start reading when they can kind of understand me. But you're saying, you know, that's not really the case. Yes. In Reading for Our Lives, a Literacy Action Plan from Birth to Six, I was really intentional with saying, yes, start from day one, start at birth. Because parents are overwhelmed in those beginning days when you're bringing your bundle of joy home and you really don't have a lot of instructions. There's no manual. (laughs) So I wanted to write down some of the things that I had learned, really practical, easy things that any parent can do in the course of everyday life with a little one, things that you just need to know to do them. And then you can figure out ways to incorporate it into mealtime and bath time and bedtime and all the daily rituals. Yeah. And I mean, I'm just thinking back, you know, when my kids were newborns and stuff, you're, you're holding them so much. <laughs> you have a lot of time where you, you can't do many other things, you know, you're, you're, that's what you're doing. You're sitting there and you're holding them. So to incorporate it, that would be a great time. I think, you know, just to, to start reading while you're, while you're doing that. Um, so you, you're saying that, you know, when they go to school, it's, that should have been started, you know, the literacy, you know, long before that. 
right? Absolutely. We see so many news reports on kids being behind at third grade and fourth grade and all these advanced years. And that's just really the point when people are testing them and measuring things. But if we were more aware of what the milestones were along the path to being a strong, fluent, skilled reader in third or fourth grade, then we would know that kids were behind at earlier points. So I think it's not fair to label kids as behind when we haven't properly prepared them or explained to their parents what to do when they are babies or toddlers or preschoolers. So with the book, I'm really just trying to, to map out some of those steps along the way to give people ideas of things they can do to start wherever they are at whatever age their child is. Kids are moving through these these same kind of milestones and, and things that they need to to learn and do. Yeah. And I think that th- I love that you said, you know, it's just when the kid's starting to get tested or noticed, you know, things like that by the teacher. And it's, it's not really, it's not their fault. It doesn't mean that they're, or they are behind, but it's because of, you know, maybe just the parents didn't know, like you said, you know, what to do or think about that when they were younger, you don't maybe think about that kind of, you know, education type things and literacy when they're so little, right. You're trying to just keep them safe and get them to eat and all these kind of things like that. Um, but that is the time. And just to read some and then, and, and someone, maybe they feel, I'm sure you've heard this, like, it feels weird to read to a baby who's, you know, not responding. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. It does. It can feel weird. Some people do it naturally right. and they're just, some parents are just naturally big talkers and they will, will talk to anything. <laughs> baby I like how or, you said that otherwise. so gently. I like that. <laughs> I'm going to use that now because I am a big talker. <laughs> But for a lot of parents, you talk when you feel like you're getting a response, when you feel like the child understands what you're saying. And so we have to kind of flip our mentalities a little bit and realize that we're, we're modeling, we're teaching. The child isn't going to talk or attempt to understand unless we give them some words. So I talk about conversation as being language nutrition. So we're feeding our kids words and attention and they will babble and coo and grunt and whatever they're doing in response. But we have to think of that as conversation and build on it. And then the other thing that's important about starting when they're babies is it's not like magically at one year or two years and two months, a, a flip switches and they get it. They understand it. It All of these skills develop slowly over time. And as parents, we have to build the habits of reading and talking and all of these things too. So we might as well start from day one and build our own habits. (laughs) Yeah, though, that's great. And I remember um, just, I remember reading to my kids when I was pregnant with them, (laughs) but I just, I'm at that English, you know, educator. So I, I, you know, was aware of some of that research and things even back then. And I did read to them, you know, even as infants, as babies. And yeah, you may not be getting that. You're not getting that same responses when they're older, when they're toddlers. But I think, you know, just hearing that and hearing your voice and, and just hearing that, just hoping, you know, that that builds that literacy. So that is important whether you, you know, if it comes, like you said, it comes naturally to some people and some to not, but just like you're just getting that, the information out there that it is so important and can really make a difference um, when they do go to school. It does. And parents get some benefit too. So being yeah. being a parent <laughs> post-COVID <laughs> and just with all the things that are going on in the world can be stressful. 
and you feel like you can be overwhelmed by all your responsibilities at home, at work, in the community, and all the different things you're dealing with. And so I think having these rituals of having responsive, really warm back and forth exchanges with our little ones and reading to them, that gives the parent a little ritual and emotional regulation too. Oh yeah. I loved reading. I I still, even when my kids, I mean, got older, I read them, you know, we would go through chapter books, you know, and things like that together. Even when they could definitely have read it on their own, they still enjoyed that. And kids need it more and more, I think, because of the ways technology has pushed into all elements of their lives. My daughter is now a middle schooler, and they do a lot of their work with Chromebooks yes. at school. And, you know, they have their tablets and they're doing things. And I think that there's just something gained um, social, emotionally, as well as cognitively from just having that immersed time in a book. <laughs> yes. And now, and there's nothing wrong with, you know, a lot of times they're listening to the book, you know, it used to be book on tape back in the day, you know, the audio book um, and, or just reading it even on the screen. And I just, you know, that's all fine. And if different, you know, circumstances, like I know we went on a vacation and my daughter listened to a book that she had to do just because of, she didn't have it with her. So that's fine. Like that, that to me, I was like, Hey, you don't have it. At least you're going to, you know, hear it. But it just, to me is not the same as having that in your hand without the screen and looking at it and reading it on paper. Absolutely. And I think when we think about reading and how reading develops and what it is, there is the piece that's sounding out the letters on the page to recognize words. And that can happen in print and that can also happen digitally. And then there's also the the background knowledge and vocabulary and all of that that goes into understanding what we read and making meaning from mm-hmm. it. So I do think audiobooks can be helpful for building vocabulary and just yes. giving kids exposure to ideas and um, different information that is helpful for reading. So we have to, there. there's a space for all different kinds of reading. <laughs> uh-huh. I know in the book you talk about one of the things is, you know, the way for parents, the way to read to their child, not just why it's important. What do you mean by that? The way to read to their child? The, I think it's not just reading the words on the page. You'll hear stories of tired parents skipping pages or reading fast, (laughs) stopping early. So I think the spirit we bring (laughs) to the reading matters, the intention behind it. And it's, it's okay. Parents can give themselves permission to read shorter things. So everything doesn't have to be reading a chapter book for an hour a night. It can be a high quality reading of a five minute fairy tale. <laughs> if that's the time and attention yeah. you have in that moment or the child is, is really young. So it's, I think that's what I mean about the way that it's interactive, that you're not just reading the words on the page, that you're also engaged in conversation around what you've read and you're explaining words and giving them examples and counterexamples to help them understand what you've read even better. Yes. I think that's really important. You know, do you know what that word means? If you come to a word that you think they may not mean instead of just going over it and, and, and just talking about it. And that's what I, I, that's part of, I love to do that, you know, with my kids when they were little, you know, or kind of guessing, you know, um, you know, foreshadow, what do you, what do you think is going to happen here? And why do you think that? Okay, let's see, you know, if that's what actually happens and just that conversation and, you know, what character did you like and, you know, why and all those kind of things, like you said, just having that conversation and it, and it really gets them 
very much more, I think, excited about the book and excited about reading rather than just, you know, da 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 da, you know, <laughs> you read it and you, you know, then you close it. It's like having that conversation because that, that helps, I would think, foster that joy of reading. Absolutely. I use the acronym TALK and it stands for take turns, ask questions, label and point, and keep the conversation going. And the ask questions is so important because that is where the learning is really happening in that pause when they're thinking through their response and they're analyzing and asking questions of themselves and figuring out where they stand and making predictions and and all of those things. So questions are, are so powerful for parents to ask in the course of everyday life and also about the things that they're reading with kids. Your family safety is our top priority. And Mazda has more Insurance Institute for Highway Safety picks than any other manufacturer. So get to your Mazda destination, the all-new Mazda of Kent, mazdakent.com. There's no inventory shortage here. Test drive a new Mazda today. Check out new Mazda CX-5 crossover SUVs, Mazda CX-30 CUVs, even 2023 Mazda CX-50 crossover SUVs. And maintenance is no charge for one year. Plus, Mazda certified pre-owned vehicles with the balance of a seven-year, 100,000-mile warranty. U.S. News & World Report awarded Mazda Best Car Brand. Come experience our new Retail Evolution dealership created solely with the customer in mind. We provide a premium experience that customers expect and deserve. Test drive a new Mazda today at your Mazda destination, the all-new Mazda of Kent, where my family shops for cars. MazdaKent.com, MazdaKent.com. So what are some other ways that you think, you know, to, to heighten that child's joy of learning to read? We want them to be lovers of reading. And I think nowadays it's harder than ever, right? Because it's like, am I going to read a book or am I going to go on these video games or my phone or social media or all these other things that are distractions and seem much more exciting than reading a book? I think parents should definitely try to make reading an experience. So have those dates with your little one where you go to the library or you go to your local bookstore that has a cafe and they can get a hot chocolate or whatever the little touches you can do to make it feel special. And sometimes when people have multiple kids, sometimes you'll all go together, but sometimes you can make a special date and just take one of them. So they get that one-on-one time and attention with you and they sort of positively associate those book and reading experiences. I think book festivals, author visits, anytime can bring reading into a social context. So story time at your library when other kids and families also sharing reading experiences. I think that's powerful. Yeah. I like that. I was going to say, you know, I always did story time when my kids were little with them at the library and they loved that. You know, they were little, they were home and it was, it was a social aspect. They got to go and, you know, the librarians always did a nice job with it. And they did, a, a, you know, some great stories. They would do like a little game and craft incorporated and they'd see the other kids there. And um, some of those kids, they ended up, you know, a lot of them they were in class with then, you know, when they went to kindergarten and, and first grade and they, they saw those kids and I got to know mom. So it is a great, even for, for parents, that's a great um, opportunity to get to know other parents and um, get, you know, some friends for your kids and things like that. Also, while 
in, introducing them to, you know, that joy of reading and they associate it with something positive. So I think all of those things that you mentioned and yeah, the bookstores and libraries making it not seem so foreign. You know, I like going to this bookstore. It's a cool place to hang out. And like you said, we can get a hot chocolate, we can hang out all really, really good ideas. Um, and I think, you know, there's just so much, I say competition now, you know, the kids are so busy with so many things and activities and things going on. And like I said, all the things before, you know, kind of fighting for their attention, but this is something that is really important and will help them their whole life. Yes. And I would add that parents have to be a little flexible about what kids are reading and really embrace kids' interests. So sometimes parents want kids to read some great work of literature or I what love this book. you read <laughs> when you were that age. Exactly. And sometimes we just have to pair reading with something else they enjoy. Are they into a certain sport? Can we find biographies of sports figures or novels that feature that sport? If they're interested in a video game or some kind of technology, are there book companions to Roblox or Minecraft or whatever they're into? So just finding a way to make reading integrated and complementary to what they're already interested in, as opposed to making it feel like something that's that they're not interested in, that's separate <laughs> from yeah. what they're already into. That feels like right. And they're forced to do it or, you know, something like that. And then that just makes them, you know, especially if they're kind of a reluctant reader anyway, then it's like, see, I knew I hated reading, you know, because I don't <laughs> like this book. Um, and you're right. I like that, that you said, you know, just uh, parents to be flexible. With my daughters, they read a lot of the things that I really liked <laughs> just because they're, you know, and so it was great. Or we would talk about these different books and I read that and you should try this one. And, or they would read something and tell me you should read this. I really liked it. And I would, and I really liked it. And with my son, he is a really good reader and he reads a lot if he likes it. If he doesn't like it, he, you know, not so much if he likes it, he's going to just tear it up. However, he really likes different types of books than I do. He really likes the sci-fi and all of those kind of things. So I had to, you know, you know, I, he's telling me about him. I want to ask him about it. And I'm of course, like, I don't even know what he's talking about, but <laughs> I had to, like you said, be flexible and try to get interested in that because I wanted him to keep reading. And I did want him to have those conversations with me about it. I wanted him to tell me about it, um, even if it wasn't my kind of thing. And so, and he, he liked it if I would, you know, talk about it with him or want to know about it. So I think that's a really important um, point you make just like with everything, just because it's your kind of thing that you are into doesn't mean that they will, um, but kind of just get on board with things that they like to read and get into it with them. I spoke with one mom recently whose son loves reading technical manuals. So he'll read the car instructions, all those things most of us don't read and just kind of throw in the glove compartment or in a drawer or immediately so recycle. Funny. He is into those technical specifications. And that counts too. It's not a novel, but yeah. it's reading, it's understanding, it's making sense of print. So yeah, well, he can tell to her how to, everything works. If something breaks <laughs> right. or whatever, he knows right how to fix it. Yes. <laughs> but right. That's a really good point. Also, it doesn't have to be a novel. If they're reading and they're enjoying reading, that's what that kid liked. So whatever it may be, we want them to obviously enjoy, you know, what we would think of as traditional books and novels, but there are so many other types of things and articles and just all these other kind of 
pieces of information that they, and I think, I think, man, like with that kid, if he can read, you know, nonfiction like that and understand it, that kind of technical thing, that's a skill. Absolutely. Yeah. So good for him. That's good. <laughs> so you say when kids are babies, you know, start reading to them. Is this where, does it matter? Do you think like, I'm going to start reading, you know, little infant kind of books, or I'm just going to read a book that I want to read while the baby is here. Cause they don't really, you know, they don't know what it is anyway. I think that it's wonderful to read things that a baby would be interested mm -hmm. in. So, and to just familiarize them with books. So board books are great because it gives them the opportunity to smack at the book and chew on the book. Oh, and <laughs> there's a brand of book called Indestructibles that you can actually wash in the washing machine and oh, they no can way. hold up <laughs> all kinds of <laughs> baby oh, behaviors. But I do great. think there's something always, again, it's about building the parent's habit. So I think it's important for the parent to get in the habit of being thoughtful about the books that they bring into their child's life and try to find something that would interest the child. So for a baby, they're not interested in the text, obviously. They can't read. <laughs> Even though there are those products out there, teach your baby to read. Your baby oh, can't yeah. <laughs> read. But you can nurture your baby's language development. You can give them experiences with books and turning pages. And over time, they'll come to recognize that, that those lines in the book mean something. But initially, they might just be attracted to um, faces, pictures of other babies, those books, or the books with mirrors, or the mm -hmm. books with different textures on the pages. So I do think it's important to always, from day one, try to um, match the child's interest. That said, there are are times when you can read what you're reading aloud and then they're getting the sound of your voice. They're getting that closeness of being in your arms and, and so forth. So practically speaking, reading other things, if it's what you're interested in <laughs> or it's yeah. something you need to read to get through your day. One mom was working on her dissertation. She told me she strapped her son into one of those carrier things and she would read her dis dissertation aloud when she was editing. Oh, that's and funny. you know it's not that's not baby reading material, but it serves a purpose. It's still right. responsiveness. It's closeness. It's it's uh, you know we're they're hearing the cadence of the language, the sounds of English, so they're getting something out of it, if not everything. Yeah, I really that's really cute. That's a great story, and I know my kids. You know, they loved when they were younger, just the different voices you would make, you know, you, the reading and the different characters. And they loved that. Now, make sure you do this. Or they would say we would we would kind of joke. And, and sometimes would they when they would start reading or, you know, we'd read something, I would read part, I read a page, you read a page or whatever. And so they would always want to do different accents, you know, read this page in this accent or have this character be this, you know, and we would always try to come up with all these different, you know, accents and they would do it. We would laugh. But all of those things they're reading and they're, they're listening to me read and they're reading. And it's also building just that bond and those memories because they still laugh about that today. Um, and we would read certain books that I read when I was young and just, you know, the different characters in the books, or if it was a book about, you know, the character ate some, you know, had this certain meal or dish or something, and then we would try to make it all of those experiences, I think helped foster their, their literacy. Absolutely. And the sound play that you mentioned is so important that the accents and sort of manipulating the sounds within words and saying things different ways um, with different inflections is it's fun to do, but it also brings kids attention to the sounds within words. 
So there's that that song, like I like to eat apples and bananas yeah. and then you change it to apples oh, yeah. and bananas and all that kind of wordplay and sound play. Those are important skills. It's fun and it's play, but those are skills that help kids discern sounds within words, which helps them read down the road as well. How much time do you think parents should be spending reading to their children, you know, each day, babies, toddlers, school age, you know, so on, you know, sometimes schools have that magic 20 minutes, you know, read for 20 minutes. I mean, do you think, is there a time frame that really makes a difference or what do you think? I think it changes over time. I think doing a little bit every day is really powerful. And so I always encourage people just to start with five minutes. I'm a big fan with babies and little ones. First of all, their attention span is only so long (laughs) when they're little. And those five minute story story, um, fairy tales and fables, and there are so many different nursery rhymes, different collections of five minute things are wonderful for you getting in the habit. It's, It's a small enough amount of time that it feels doable for everyone. You know, no matter how busy you are, you have five minutes to sit and read. And then I think once the habit is entrenched, it naturally grows longer and you start reading longer picture books and you just kind of gauge your child's attention and engagement. And some families will read an hour a night, every night, and they're reading through Harry Potter and other series. But some people will just stay with the five to 10 minutes or the 10 to 20 minutes. But that little amount of time every day really adds up in terms of habits and interest and vocabulary. That's great. I like that because if someone's not doing this or maybe they're not comfortable with it or they're just not, they think, you know, we're just so busy by the time we, you know, get home and have dinner, all that, you know, but five minutes can make a big difference. And like you said, everyone can squeeze in five minutes. So start with five minutes and then build on that. So I, I like that. And it's also probably not too late if someone's like, oh my gosh, I haven't been reading to my newborn. I've ruined them. Um, I don't think... <laughs> that's the case either, right? You can start anytime. Absolutely. And that was part of why with the the title, I said birth through six. A lot of the things, I think it's wonderful for people to read a book like this one before they have kids. So you can kind of look ahead when you're first coming home with that bundle of joy, joy, especially your first child, (laughs) your hands are full. Everything's new. You don't know what you're doing. (laughs) And so maybe at that point, you're not going to sit down with a book on how to nurture all of these (laughs) early literacy skills. Like as a parent, you might just have five minutes to read adult books, you know, (laughs) and, and learn things. So, but I think there are things with older kids that you you just start where you are. You start reading. You start having the back and forth conversations. You start asking questions. You start pointing out things and expanding their vocabulary and giving them definitions and explaining things. And so you start where you are and feel confident that you can make a difference whenever you start. <laughs> Our kids always need us to help them get to their next level, whatever that is. And some of these things parents have been doing naturally for centuries before this book was written. So it's not like the book, if you haven't read the book or implemented this specific thing, your child is, you know, forever behind. (laughs) You're naturally talking to them. You're naturally doing some of these things and you're doing some positive things that aren't even mentioned in the book. So parents should feel good about what they are and just think about this as an opportunity to learn some new tips and tricks for things to incorporate. Yeah, I love that. Right. You are doing a great job. Just this is something that that is important. It can make a difference. So wherever you are, start. 
and just move forward, like you said. And just if it's comfortable for you, you can learn some new things. Like you said, you have such great research and great um, personal experience in the book. So there's a lot to learn, even if you think, well, this is comes comfortable, you know, naturally to me. I do this all the time. There's still a lot to learn, I think, from the book. And then if it's not something that you're comfortable with or have been doing, definitely um, whether you read it before you have um, kids or while you have kids, you know, it doesn't matter, but it's something to, to start and just it's something very important to kind of just make in your daily routine. And in many ways, I'm like the the parents who are reading the book and have an older child because I was 10 or my daughter, sorry, I wasn't 10. My daughter was 10 <laughs> when this book came out and I researched it over the course of a number of years. So oftentimes I would read a study that would say something like the the number of high quality back and forth conversational turns you have with your 18 to 24 month olds will impact their IQ in like, middle oh, school. No. <laughs> and I'm thinking, I miss that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, my daughter's eight. <laughs> like, well, she'll be sure okay. She's great. Yes, yeah. She absolutely is. <laughs> yes. Yeah. That's a great, important personal thing there. It's not, you didn't miss the mark. You can still do this and, and they'll be, they will be more than fine. So don't, don't uh, beat yourself up about it if you're not. But it's definitely great information. It's a great book. Um, I would definitely um, recommend everybody read that. And can you tell us um, about the you know, where to find the book, how people can find you, and all that good stuff? Yes. Yeah, so the book, the full title is Reading for Our Lives, A Literacy Action Plan from Birth to Six. And it's available online wherever books are sold. So Amazon, Barnes and Noble, all the major retailers and um, through independent booksellers, bookshop and others as well. I have a website, which is just my name, mayasmart.com, M-A-Y-A-S-M-A-R-T.com. And so if you go to mayasmart.com slash book, you will find numerous links to the book on different booksellers. It's available in ebook and audiobook, so you can listen to it as you drive around town doing errands. <laughs> and of course, your last name is Smart. I mean, come on. Um, <laughs> so, yes, definitely get the book. Like you said, look up your your website. You do have a lot of good resources on there. I was looking on that. So a lot of good good resources on that. Thank you so much. It was a pleasure talking with you. It's something that I'm very passionate about this topic. So um, I really appreciated you coming on. Thank you so much for your wonderful questions. I enjoyed our chat. Me too. Thank you so much. Sponsored by the all new Mazda of Kent. Your family safety is our top priority. And Mazda has more Insurance Institute for Highway Safety Picks than any other manufacturer. So get to your Mazda destination, Mazda of Kent. Check out new Mazda CX-5 crossover SUVs, Mazda CX-30 CUVs, even 2023 Mazda CX-50 crossover SUVs. And US News & World Report awarded Mazda Best Car Brand. Check out their new retail evolution dealership the all-new Mazda of Kent, mazdakent.com. Thank you for listening to Apparently Speaking. Listen and subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, Podbean, and iHeartRadio. Find the podcast and much more at northeastohioparent.com. Like Apparently Speaking on Facebook and email me at podcast at northeastohioparent.com.